But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher, the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. Who is ready to hear the world's best joke? <laughs> so when we started this series three Sundays ago, I told you all about a man named Richard Wiseman. Richard Wiseman did this great big study on jokes and humor. He collected 40,000 jokes, and then he had two million people from all around the world rate those jokes according to how funny they thought that they were. And over the course of this great big experiment, Richard Wiseman learned all sorts of things about what makes a joke funny and what people think is, is humorous. He learned that a duck is the funniest animal. He learned about national senses of humor and that people around the world don't think the same kinds of jokes are funny everywhere. He learned about the three elements of humor that make for what people consider to be a really funny joke. He learned all of these things about jokes and about humor. And at the end of this experiment, after he had had two million people rate these 40,000 jokes, there was one joke that rose to the top of the heap. There was one joke that was rated as the funniest joke by people all around the world. One joke that was crowned the funniest of them all. Would you like to hear that joke this morning? Yeah. I'm a little nervous about telling this joke, if I'm honest. I have, I have to tell you, ordinarily on a Sunday, when I tell a joke in a sermon, if people, if people don't laugh, if people don't think it's funny, I can blame it on the joke. I can say, well, you know, that must just not have been a, a very funny joke. But I can't do that this morning. I'm working without a net today. If I tell this joke, and at the end of the joke, you don't laugh, I, I'm going to know that that's all because of the preacher. That's all on me. I can't, I can't blame the joke because science has told us that this joke, this joke is funny. So here's what I'm going to need you to do. Because if we get to the end of this joke, and, and I tell this joke, and we get to the punchline, and you don't laugh, I'm going to feel bad, and then you're going to feel bad for me. And it's going to be really hard for us to go on with this sermon. So what I need you to do is I need you to get those smiles out that you had just a few minutes ago. And we've been practicing laughing for no reason at all. You may need to have that ready just in case. 
case so that we can power through when we get to the end of this joke. All right, so everybody, let's see, put your smiles on. Here we go. Be ready to laugh whether you feel it or not, because this is a big moment coming up here. All right, here it is. Are you ready? Here we go. The funniest joke in the world. So two men were out hunting in the woods, and suddenly one of the men fell to the ground, clutching his chest. He stopped breathing, and his eyes glazed over. His friend pulled out his cell phone and, in a panic, called 911. He said to the operator, help, he said, I think my friend is dead. The operator said, just stay calm. She said, I can help you through this. All you have to do is stay calm and follow my instructions. The first thing we need to do is make sure your friend is really dead. There's a pause, and then a loud bang. And then the man came back on the line and said, okay, now what? <laughs> Thank you for that. There was a good giggle from over here, and that was what I needed this morning. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, boy. There was a, there was some titters around the room, and then there was one good giggle, and that good giggle was all I needed to keep going today. Thank you so much for that. All right, whether you agree or not, science has declared that that is the funniest joke in the world. Now, it may not have been your cup of tea. It might not have tickled your funny bone, but if you've been with us through this journey for the last few weeks, maybe you can begin to see why it is that many people consider that to be such a funny joke. Because in that one joke, we find all three elements of humor that were identified by Richard Wiseman in his study. So Richard Wiseman discovered that we like it when a joke surprises us. We like it when a joke turns and veers off in an unexpected direction. There is a moment in that joke when the story suddenly takes a completely unexpected turn and goes off in a very different direction than what we would have predicted from the beginning of the story. And Richard Wiseman discovered that we like it in a joke when somebody does something foolish. And in this joke, the, the hunter, the man, interprets the operator's instructions in a very foolish way. And Richard Wiseman discovered that we like it when a joke gives us an opportunity to laugh at things that are usually scary, laugh at things that would be frightening if we encountered them in real life. In this joke, there are all sorts of things that would be terrifying if we were to experience them in real life. A friend falling to the ground, a life or death situation, a phone call to 911, all of those things are scary when they happen in real life. But in this joke, for just a moment, we get to laugh at all of those things in a way that makes them just a little bit less scary for even just a moment. That joke, that one joke, rose to the top of the pile, maybe because it has all three elements of what Richard Wiseman discovered people like in a joke. So does this morning's gospel reading. In this morning's gospel reading, we have what I think might be the most humorous moment in all of the gospel stories. Now, up until this point in this series, we have been focusing on the parables of Jesus. In, in the Gospels, when Jesus is preaching, when he's teaching people about the kingdom of God and the ways of God, Jesus tells these stories. He tells these, these little stories that almost feel like jokes that, that tell people the kingdom of heaven is like this, the kingdom of heaven is like that. Over the last few weeks, we have discovered that in the parables of Jesus, we can see all of the elements of humor discovered by Richard Wiseman. There are surprising moments in the parables of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that somebody took and planted in a garden and suddenly something surprising happened. Suddenly a miracle happened that mustard seed grew not into a mustard bush, but into a mighty tree. And all the birds of the air came and found shelter in its branches. There are surprises in the parables of Jesus. And there are people who do foolish things in the parables of Jesus. 
The kingdom of heaven is like this. There was a man who found a treasure one day when he was working in the field. And so he buried the treasure again. And then he went home and he sold everything that he had and he took that money and he went and he bought that field right out from under the nose of the foolish landowner who was willing to let a treasure go because he didn't know what he owned. He didn't know the worth of his own field. There are people who do foolish things in the parables of Jesus. And in the parables of Jesus, sometimes Jesus lets us laugh at things that are otherwise scary when we encounter them in real life, especially in the parables of Jesus. We get to laugh at cruel and greedy people. The kingdom of heaven is like this. There was a gardener who played a trick on his cruel and greedy master. His cruel and greedy master came back year after year to inspect the garden and demand that the gardener give him all of the fruit from a certain fig tree that grew off in the corner of the garden. But every year before the master visited, the gardener would go out in the middle of the night and would pull all of the figs down from the branches of that tree so that the master thought it was a barren fig tree until finally the master himself chopped down that tree and tossed it into the fire. In the parables of Jesus, we get to laugh at cruel and greedy and powerful people. We get to laugh at, at landowners and masters and people who make our lives miserable. We get to feel, we get to cheer for the clever underdog in the parables of Jesus. We can identify in the parables of Jesus all three elements of humor discovered by Richard Wiseman. But for my money, the funniest moment, the most humorous moment in all of the Gospels is not one of the parables of Jesus. It's this thing, this moment that happens on Easter Sunday morning. So on Easter Sunday morning, the followers of Jesus, the friends of Jesus, they are sad, they are heartbroken, they are confused. They had believed that Jesus would be the one to save God's people. They had believed that Jesus was the one who would heal all of creation, but then the enemies of Jesus moved against him. The religious leaders conspired with the political leaders and they had Jesus arrested. They had him brought to trial before a kangaroo court on trumped up charges. He was convicted and he was sentenced to death on a cross. And after Jesus died on a cross, they put him in a tomb and they sealed up the tomb with a great big stone. And so on Easter Sunday morning, the disciples of Jesus were sad and they were confused. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know what to do. And then early on Easter Sunday morning, before anybody else had got out of bed, one of the strongest friends and followers of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, got up and she went to the cemetery. She just wanted to be close to the body of Jesus. She just wanted to be near him one more time. But when she got to the cemetery, suddenly she got a great surprise. When she saw that the stone had been rolled away, that the tomb was standing open, she ran back to where the other disciples were at the Motel 6, and she grabbed them, she pulled them out of their rooms, and she brought them. They raced, they hurried, they fell all over themselves trying to get to the cemetery. When they got to the cemetery, they poked their heads inside the tomb, and they saw that the tomb was empty. There was no body. Jesus was not there. They were confused. They couldn't understand what had happened, even though Jesus had told them exactly what was going to happen, even though over and over again, Jesus said, now I have to die. The Son of Man must die, but on the third day, God will raise me from the dead, and I will be with you again, even though Jesus had told them repeatedly exactly how everything was going to take place. They were confused, and they didn't understand, because sometimes the disciples of Jesus can be awfully foolish. And then all of those foolish disciples, they left the cemetery. They went back to the Motel 6, everybody except for Mary Magdalene. 
She just couldn't bring herself to leave that place. She had to be there until she found out what had happened. What is the story? Where is Jesus? Where is my master, my teacher? And as she was waiting there in the cemetery, not knowing what to do, suddenly this figure appears and stands before her. It's Jesus. But she doesn't recognize Jesus. Maybe because her eyes are filled with tears. Maybe because she's deep in shock and grief and trauma. For some reason, Mary doesn't recognize Jesus. The gospel tells us she supposes him to be the gardener. And that, for my money, is the most humorous moment in all of the gospels. Why? Because in that moment, even as Mary is so very wrong about who Jesus is, she is so very right about who Jesus is. She is in that moment, in fact, standing face to face with the gardener. With the gardener who plants mustard seeds that grow into mighty trees in neat and tidy gardens. She is face to face with the gardener who sneaks out into fields in the middle of the night and buries treasures for the downtrodden and the oppressed to dig up. She is face to face with the gardener who plays tricks on cruel and greedy masters and turns the tables on all of the empires of this world. In that moment, Mary is face to face with the one who plants and makes every green thing grow. She is face to face with the great gardener, the gardener with a capital G, but she doesn't know it. She doesn't recognize Jesus until finally Jesus lays the punchline on her. He says, Mary, and she hears his voice, and she hears her name, and suddenly she, she understands who it is. And in that moment, she gets it. She gets the joke. She gets that Jesus has pulled off a surprise for the ages. She gets that Jesus has made all of his enemies and the powers of this world look foolish. She gets that in this moment, on this day, Jesus has made it possible for us to laugh even at death itself. And that surely has to be the greatest joke of them all. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for those moments when you interrupt the dreariness of this world. For those moments when you step into the grayness of our lives, those moments when you step into the same day after day after day routine and suddenly you plant a mustard seed, suddenly you uncover a treasure right beneath our feet, suddenly you turn the tables on the powers of this world in a way that makes us laugh and experience the joy that we will experience when we gather together in your kingdom. God, we give you thanks for all of those moments when your kingdom appears among us right here, right now. We pray that when that happens, when that happens, you would put that big smile on our faces and that you would make us laugh in a way that makes everything seem just a little bit less scary. Even the empires and powers of this world, even the kings and rulers of our lives, even, even sickness and sadness and death themselves. All these things we pray in Jesus. Amen.